Bible Fellowship Church's devotional podcast, devoted to bringing you some spiritual truth to consider every day, Monday through Friday. And thank you for joining us. Our passage for today is going to come from Acts chapter 5, and we'll read verses 33 to 42, which says this. When they heard this, this is the apostles preaching, and preaching very negatively about the uh, Jewish leaders. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all those who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. A couple of thoughts here. And the first is about this guy, Gamaliel. I'm not really sure how you say his name, but let's go with Gamaliel. And I've been fascinated, uh, this theme through scripture with people who are outsiders, uh, people who are not the ones who should be uh, showing faith, that do. This showed up in Genesis chapter 21 on our Sunday night service this past week, uh, where you had a foreign king, Abimelech, recognizing that God was with Abraham, and he wanted to be uh, on the side of the one who is with God. Um, or someone like Rahab, who recognized that God was with, that God was with the Israelites. Or the centurion, in whom Jesus found more faith than he had seen in all of Israel. And here we have a Pharisee. You know, Pharisee is you know, basically the equivalent of saying a horrible person when we're talking about the New Testament. These are the people who constantly uh, challenged Jesus, who hated Jesus, that wanted to kill him, that ultimately did bring about his death. These were people who Jesus railed against during his ministry, uh, and his disciples will take up that theme. These are self-righteous people who are interested in looking great and being perceived as important people and uh, and want honor, and they want riches, and they want recognition. And from this group, a man stands up, who is held in honor by all the people, the scripture says. And he talks some common sense here. He brings some wisdom. And we know that all wisdom comes from God. So here is God speaking through this Pharisee. And he stands up and says, essentially, there have been a lot of these guys who have been stepping up to claim to be the Messiah. And he mentions two of them and says, Look at the pattern here. When these men died, their followers were scattered. Now we have a situation that looks different, where the man has died and his followers are continuing to preach his message, continuing to preach that this man was the Messiah. There might be something different here. And this is one of, uh, one of the great apologetic arguments for Christianity in general, is that you know, if this man had died, why are all these people still dying for him? Why are these people still being beaten and imprisoned and, and, and taking it all with, with joy? 
you know, the point might be that something supernatural is actually happening here, that something different is happening here. Jesus was not the only one who claimed to be the Messiah in this time period, but he is the one whose followers continued to carry his message after his death because they knew what we know, which is he did not stay dead, that he rose again. So let's not discount who God can use. Let's not discount who God might reach through the good news. If he can soften the heart of a Pharisee to see the truth of Jesus' message, if he can reach a prostitute, if he can reach a, a Christian killer, if he can reach a foreign king who worships others' gods, he, he can reach anyone. So let's be hopeful. Love always hopes, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. So let us walk not in condemnation or judgment, uh, people we might perceive to be beyond salvation. God might just be ready to raise someone up. And finally, this is this idea that after these Christians were imprisoned, probably thought they might die, they are brought before the Pharisees, they are beaten and charged not to speak the name of Jesus, and they leave rejoicing. Rejoicing, because they were counted worthy, it says, to suffer dishonor for the name. And Paul will pick this up later when he says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And the second Peter, rejoice when you suffer for the name of Jesus. We don't like to suffer when we can't find a good parking spot. You know, we don't like to suffer when we have to wait more than three to five days for something to show up in the mail. Imagine being beaten. Imagine being uh, fearing for your life. You know, I'm, I don't know that this is not true of all peoples at all times, but Americans are not accustomed and big fans of inconvenience and suffering and loss and hardship. But these disciples model for us what our attitude towards suffering ought to be, especially suffering for the sake of the name of Jesus. We are very hesitant to share the good news with our neighbors or our co-workers because we wonder what will be the cost to our reputation, what will be the cost in, in awkwardness or difficulty, or maybe worse, that people will mock us. Maybe that people will tell us to stop preaching the good news, that we might um, offend someone or push someone away. But it's probably not the case that in sharing our faith and speaking boldly, as these disciples were doing, uh, that we we're going to lose our lives so how can we not rejoice when we suffer mocking, when we suffer awkwardness, when we suffer uh, other people's opinions of us? These are things that we hold in high regard, but we are called to lay down our lives that we might find, yes, joy, joy on the other side of it. I don't think this is something that they had to manufacture, that when they were beaten, they walked away saying, oh, we should be joyful. It says they rejoiced. This was their response. So how do we get to a place where we could rejoice in the hardships that we face for the sake of Jesus Christ? Well, when we love Jesus more than we love other people's opinions of us, when we love Jesus more than we love our comforts, well, then we might rejoice when we are counted worthy to suffer for the name. This feels a long way off from a lot of our experiences but what is impossible with man is possible with God. So let us lean into our relationship with Jesus. Lean into our time in His Word, time in prayer, that we might love Him, that we might know Him uh, more than anything else around us. And at that point, when we have Christ and we have our relationship with Him, nothing can take away our joy when we rejoice in the Lord always. 
So God, we thank you for this story from the book of Acts uh, that reminds us, God, that you use often the unlikeliest of people, and that includes us, and that it is our goal that we would rejoice in our sufferings, rejoice in our hardships when they glorify your name, when they build your kingdom, when you are doing something powerful through our lives. Because when we have you, we have all that we need. Lord, through your supernatural life in us, may you create that kind of faith as we seek to know you and to love you more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in for another edition of Let's Talk. Church family, you are loved. Have a blessed day.